This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. News Podcast presents Brett Baer's All-Star Panel. America's got to be in the lead if you want to deal with these threats. We're going to lead. The morning is over. The shiva is done. And if you're a conservative, you should be optimistic. You know, my main priority right now is making sure that it delivers for the American people. We have to make our country great again, and I will do that. I think the president gets criticized by people all the time for the stuff he says, by people who ignore what he does. Now, Fox's chief political anchor, Brett Baer. With just two weeks left until Election Day, an updated Fox News power ranking shows momentum on the side of Republicans, with New York incumbent Governor Kathy Hochul's seat now in jeopardy to Republican challenger Representative Lee Zeldin. The two will face off in a debate this evening, as crime is still a major issue at play in this race. Hearing from New Yorkers about the issues that matter most to them, and they keep talking about their breaking point in the state, most often referencing rising crime and skyrocketing costs. Meanwhile, Dr. Mehmet Oz and Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman also go head to head and debate tonight for the closely contested Pennsylvania Senate race that could decide the balance of power in the United States Senate. As early voting has begun across many states, we bring in our panel, USA Today Washington Bureau Chief Susan Page, Axios Senior Correspondent Josh Kraschauer, and mainstream columnist at the Wall Street Journal, Bill McGurn. Bill, how do you see this? Uh, we've seen polls kind of shift in recent weeks. What are you looking at that um, tells you the state of the races? Well, I think reality is catching up with the electorate, as it always seems to do after Labor Day. Um, to me, uh, we don't know the exact outcome. You know, now we're looking ahead. We can guess a lot depends on turnout. But I will say my bet is that Wednesday after the election, it all looks inevitable. And the biggest malpractice is um, the administration's handling of, of inflation. Um, they really have no message. Biden used to go from talking about prices affecting the ordinary American, uh, you know, is blaming Putin, all sorts of things. And now it seems to be blaming it on a very clever Republican campaign to emphasize abortion. Um, let me tell you, as someone who worked in a Republican White House, Republicans are not that clever. The uh, real campaign on inflation is uh, the grocery store where everyone goes every week or the gas pump. Um, and the other big visual um, hurting Democrats is crime. You know, people going down to the subways. It's not a Republican plot. Um, it's things are bad in those areas. And the Democrats seem to have no answers, starting with Joe Biden. So, Susan, obviously abortion still plays a major role in a number of different places, a number of different races. But we are seeing Democrats change some of the messaging in the final close uh, in some of these races, ones that they had almost exclusively talked about abortion as the main issue. 
Yeah, I think I think that's that's right. I mean, the when the abortion decision came down from the Supreme Court uh, in June, I think some Democrats thought that would disrupt the typical issues that determine midterm elections. And it's it's definitely had an effect. We're seeing an enormous gender gap in the national polls, but it hasn't changed everything. And traditionally in midterm elections, what matters is the state of the economy and the popularity of the president. And on both of those fronts, Democrats have some problems. And that is what we're seeing uh, kind of reassert itself in these final two weeks of the campaign. Josh, what race are you looking at that's kind of your canary in the coal mine or bellwether that says early in the night, maybe, hey, listen, this is what we thought it was going to be, or wow, this could be a much different night than we thought. Boy, that Pennsylvania Senate race between Dr. Oz and John Fetterman is a really good bellwether because Pennsylvania is a Biden state. It's a Trump state. It goes back and forth with with the political wins. You've got candidates that haven't really connected with a lot of voters in their own party, but as partisanship is getting getting stronger, closer to the election, people are going going to their to their sides. And it also is a big race on the issue of crime, which we've talked about a lot. But that is a big challenge, a big vulnerability for Democrats to the point where we might we might be talking about the Oregon governor's race. And as you noted, Brad, the New York governor's race is awfully close, just almost entirely because of the crime problem in, in those blue uh, governed states. So that pen, well, we'll know early on, on, on in Pennsylvania, we'll get some results in early. And if if Oz is doing better than expected, if he has a lead, that, that's an early sign, not just that Republicans have an inside chance to take the Senate majority back, but it could be a big, big red wave across the entire country. Bill, one of the things the president has been talking about lately has been if Republicans, this is his message, if Republicans do take control, their policies will lead to more inflation and a worse economy. It's an interesting take in that really he has to sign any bills that go through, (laughs) number one. Number two, uh, you know, we're heading that way now, according to most experts um, and most CEOs feel like we're on the cusp of three to six months from a recession anyway, no matter who's in Congress. Yeah. Uh, come on, man. Um, bringing that up, it's, it's kind of not fair. Look at Joe Biden and his team uh, first denied inflation when there were signs of it growing then attributed to Putin and so forth, then said it would be transient. Um, And now even President uh, Biden has talked about maybe a slight recession. So um, it's hard to see how Republicans could be more fiscally imprudent than the uh, Democrats who have spent trillions of dollars. You know, most people who've been in government for a long time, you know, over over the time, it should inculcate a little modesty about what government can uh, accomplish and unintended consequences. With Joe Biden, the more he's been in government, the more he thinks government can just spend any of the money it wants. And there's no consequences, just good consequences. So he talks about investments instead of spending. And look, we're in this box for a simple economic reason. We spent money we don't have. All right, we're going to take a quick pause here. We'll be back after this. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, stay on top of the latest news and information from Fox News. Listen and download the Fox News Hourly Update on your time. The trending stories you need anytime you want it. Listen and download now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Susan, that said, there are some races here that 
Democrats feel like they have better candidates. And even Mitch McConnell said at the beginning when Republicans were seeing some real separation in polls, uh, they were saying, listen, it's candidate quality matters. Um, in some of these Senate races, it, that could be the difference. And, you know, it's possible that Democrats still hold on to power. Yeah, well, you know, why is the Pennsylvania Senate seat now held by a Republican in such peril for Republicans? It's because they're nominee is Dr. Oz, who has uh, has had a lot of fertile ground for Republican for Democrats to plow in this campaign or in Georgia, where Herschel Walker won the won the Republican nomination. Uh, you know, we could be in a situation where uh, Georgia once again, a Georgia runoff election in January once again determines control of the Senate. That also reflects the issue of candidate quality. But one thing we've seen some of these Trump endorsed candidates who were seen as being entirely vulnerable for are coming in now in a in very competitive ways. So both those Senate races are ones that could go either way. Is there um, any other issue besides inflation that is more dominant, Josh? And the economy, the, the reason the economy is such an important issue and it has been all along is that the, a lot of folks who, who just don't pay attention to politics until the very end, until, until they're actually going to be in the ballot box and voting, uh, they're the ones who break against the party in power if they're not happy with the way things are going. And that, that is why you're seeing a lot of these races in the final few weeks breaking more towards the, the Republican Party. You know, as far as other issues, I mean, crime is, is, is an issue in a lot of these blue state governor's races and in a few Senate races where, Dem you know, we talk a lot about some of the Republican Senate candidates who are not ready for prime time, who are, you know, have some issues on the campaign trail. But look, Mandela Barnes has become a big problem for the Democrats, too, in Wisconsin, being too far to the left and, and, and costing Democrats perhaps an important Senate seat. And there's a lot of grumbling about Fetterman also in, in, in Pennsylvania, where uh, a lot of Democrats are now wishing that they may have had like a Connor Lamb or someone a little more uh, to the middle of the electorate to, to run in that, that big Pennsylvania race. So crime is a big factor as well in these Senate races where Democrats have you know, in some races have tilted a little too far to the left on that criminal justice issue. Now, last thing for all three of you, do you all think that we will know the balance of power in Washington at the end of election night, whether it's, you know, 2 a.m. Wednesday morning or early the next morning at the end of that election cycle of one day? Do you all think we'll know the answer? Uh, Bill, Susan and Josh. Um, no, because I think some of the Senate races might be razor thin. We might have a preliminary outcome, but uh, subject to recounts, I think there might be two or three uh, for that. Um, you know, again, uh, that said, it's all question marks. It's all about turnout. You know, maybe Republicans turn out in huge numbers and Democrats don't. But so given the polls and how close some of the races are, even the ones that I think Republicans will pull out, I think there's going to be some moves to recounts. Yeah. Susan? I think we'll know the, the House uh, on election night because the Republicans only need to flip five seats, you know, in a, in a midterm election, getting five seats from the uh, party in power shouldn't be that hard, especially with the situation we see now with the concerns about the economy. But I agree that with the Senate, I think we will not know uh, immediately, maybe not for a month. Yeah, that is true, Josh. And the reason Susan says that, obviously, is if we don't get to 50 percent in that Senate race in Georgia, we're looking to December in a runoff, much like we saw last time with the two runoffs uh, that determined the balance of power in the Senate. Yeah, that's that's right, Brad. It, it'll probably take a little while to officially 
declare a, 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 the majority in the Senate, though, you know, if it's a wave election, if, if things are looking really good for Republicans, I, I could see us knowing that, you know, things things going in the Republican Party's way relatively early, even in the Senate. But we're going we're to have to wait till Nevada, wait till Colorado. So there's going to be a lot of these West Coast races we'll have to pay attention to. But, you know, like I said, if Pennsylvania looks good for Dr. Oz, if Walker pulls ahead in Georgia, that, that could be an earlier night. Um, if, if, again, the Republican wave uh, ends up transpiring. We will see. Panel, thanks so much. Now for a bit of history. On the morning of October 25th, 1983, the United States and a coalition of six Caribbean nations invaded the small island of the country of Grenada. Codenamed Operation Agent Fury, the invasion took place just two days after the bombing of the U.S. Marine barracks in Beirut and amidst fear from President Reagan for 600 uh, U.S. medical students on the island hoping to avoid a second Iranian hostage crisis. The operation resulted in military occupation of the island in just a few days. That'll do it for this week. You can hear more of this series at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. Make sure to leave a rating and a review. We want to hear from you. For Bill, Josh, and Susan, I'm Brett Baer. We'll see you next time. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.